This episode of the Biting Truth podcast is brought to you by IGA Supermarkets, where the locals matter. Hello and welcome to the Biting Truth podcast. This is a weekly podcast that aims to cut through all of the confusion and misinformation in the nutrition space to give you up-to-date, cutting-edge nutrition advice. I'm Anna and with me is Alex and we are the dietitians and co-founders of The Biting Truth. So chances are you were brought up to believe that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's a meal that refuels you after the overnight fast and provides you with the energy and nutrients you need to get through the morning. But the popularity of all of these fasting regimes and a coffee culture in which many of us replace our daily brekkie with a latte has significantly changed the way that we all eat breakfast. So where does this leave our favorite breakfast cereal or hearty cafe meals? And how do we know if we should be loading up at breakfast or fasting it out until lunchtime? In this episode, we're going to delve a little further into the topic of breakfast. So we should probably start by disclosing the fact that we are both big breakfast eaters. We're huge fans of the meals and really I don't think either of us function very well without it. Um, I literally have breakfast every day. I usually have a smoothie. That's sort of my go-to breakfast option. Although I I am someone that doesn't necessarily wake up starving. Alex, I'd say you wake up. You're more of a morning person and I find typically morning people wake up hungrier for breakfast where I'm probably more of a night owl and I don't wake up starving. I bounce out of bed and I want my (laughs) brekkie. So even though I'm not starving in the morning and that's why I probably go for something like a smoothie because I find it convenient and quick and easy, very nutritious. And but then on weekends, I love to have to whip up the sort of full on eggs and toast and veggies. Um, If you check us out on Instagram, my breakfast regularly feature there. Yeah, we've also got a tutorial on there of Anna making a poached egg, which I haven't been able to master, but (laughs) I do enjoy yours. Yeah, I'm also someone that loves breakfast, obviously. I'll usually tend to have something like overnight oats with some yogurt and berries in there, or I do also love good old wheat bix with some fruit. But yeah, on weekends when I have a bit more time, I'll go for a savoury option and try and get some veggies in there too. Alex is quite renowned for coming into the office. Like she will make breakfast at home, wheat beaks even, or your bircher and come into the office in a little takeaway container with it all. You don't mind mushy wheat beaks, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mushy wheat beaks. Controversial. Does, does anyone else appreciate that? No, but it's great. I love getting all my containers sorted and bringing my overnight oats in. Um, yeah. You're all over it. <laughs> okay, so let's rewind the clock a little bit to look at the history of breakfast. Um, so breakfast as we know it today began in the early 19th century when some middle-class men started to work the regular sort of office hours because prior to that, people would often work for a couple of hours and then eat breakfast afterwards, so maybe around 10 a.m., So anyway, wives or kitchen staff would essentially serve these 19th century businessmen a two-course meal before they would go out to work for the day, and that would often begin with a bowl of porridge um, and then be followed by a full English breakfast, so toast, eggs, bacon, fish... And this is so interesting. I never knew that was why it was called the full English breakfast. You know how you see our menus and you can get a bit of the work. That's where it comes from. (laughs) Um, And then it wasn't till towards the end of the 19th century when lighter breakfast 
seem to become more popular. And we saw the development of all of these sort of ready-to-eat breakfast cereals, which is obviously a huge industry now. They're really popular and there's just so many options. I mean, there's an entire aisle dedicated to breakfast cereals um, and obviously a lot of them are crap, but there's some really good options as well. Yeah, and I'm sure many of our listeners have heard that or heard of breakfast being referred to as the most important meal of the day. So we thought we should talk about this because, you know, whilst breakfast certainly can be a very important part of the day, we can't necessarily claim that it's more important than, say, lunch or dinner. It's a pretty big title to be able to say this one is the most important. (laughs) Yeah, and most important isn't really a title I think we can give to any meal, but I think there are actually are a few commonly held truths that may have contributed to breakfast receiving this title. Yeah, so let's look at some of those truths and, and some of the benefits we know that come with eating breakfast based on the research. So, and it does make sense to assume that eating three meals a day instead of one or two makes it easier for us to meet our nutrient requirements. And this is probably the most common argument for eating breakfast in that, you know, you have more opportunities to get more nutrients in and therefore are more likely to to meet your, your requirements. But this really depends on what you choose to eat at each meal and also whether the specific nutrients that you're likely to consume at breakfast are lacking in your diet in the first place. Yeah, so I think a really good example here is fiber. And fiber is a nutrient that tends to be lacking in many people's diets. So therefore, consuming breakfast may be good as breakfast foods tend to be high in fiber. So if we think about something like oats as an example, oats are a fantastic source of fiber and they're a food that most people only consume for breakfast. It's funny. I feel like people are probably really over us talking about fiber because I feel like it's the most popular (laughs) if we were to have a favorite nutrient. No, but I feel like dietitians love to talk about fiber and I'm sure in all of our podcasts, somehow fiber is going to weave its way through. And that's because it's only really really gained its popularity in the last few years. You know, like everyone is talking about it. Yeah, and we really understand how truly beneficial fibre is for us. So, of course, we're going to weave it in wherever (laughs) we can, so bear with us. But, you know, if in doubt, think fibre. But then I guess another important nutrient like fibre that people tend to be lacking is calcium, um, particularly older women and teenagers. So, and again, yogurt and milk and dairy foods are really high in calcium. They're the best sources of calcium in the diet. And these are also foods that we commonly consume at breakfast and not so much at other times in the day. Yeah, so obviously some people might have, say, yogurt as a snack, but where does generally speaking here? Yeah, generally speaking, dairy is consumed mostly at breakfast. Therefore, people that skip breakfast skip the opportunity to get that dairy and therefore might be more likely to have lower calcium levels, which is, you know, that has negative health outcomes in terms of your bone health, your teeth health and things. So we want to get plenty of calcium in the diet. Now, there has also been quite a lot of research looking into the long-term benefits of eating breakfast. So they've been doing studies on this for ages. And most studies do tend to show that people who eat breakfast are less likely to be obese, less likely to develop type 2 diabetes, and also have a reduced risk of heart disease. So they are all pretty important health outcomes and a good, I guess, um, argument for eating breakfast. But I should also say that we don't necessarily have long-term studies on, say, fasting and people that miss it either. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I think overall, as you can see, there are quite a few benefits of eating breakfast, but really 
being able to reap these benefits is going to depend on what you choose to eat at breakfast. So, of course, if you're choosing, you know, uh, cereals that are really high in added sugar or you're having croissants and pastries yeah, or, or cafe banana breads and yeah. things. And yeah. then these, these benefits aren't going to apply to that kind of breakfast meal. Yeah, exactly. We can't just say breakfast is good or bad because there's just so many things, factors that it depends on. Um, so I'm sure we have some listeners that maybe don't eat breakfast and they're wondering if skipping breakfast is ever okay. And there's a few situations where it might be okay for someone to skip breakfast. So firstly, I guess if someone doesn't feel hungry. So if you're someone that doesn't feel hungry in the morning, then you don't need to eat breakfast. But what's really important is that you pay attention to what your body is telling you and that you eat when you eventually do feel hungry. So you don't want to leave it too long because we know that's when that hungry bear comes out and you just feel ravenous <laughs> and then you're just going to end up eating everything inside. You're going to overconsume. And also paying attention to how you feel mentally or emotionally. So you might skip breakfast and then find that you feel tired and irritable and maybe have stomach cramps all day until lunch. And that would be a sign that you probably should eat something, even if it's just something small like a banana. Although if you choose to skip breakfast and you feel energetic, you can focus, um, then what you're doing might be fine and you can easily wait till lunch and then you have a healthy balanced lunch, then that might be a perfectly healthy diet for you to be on. But if you're someone that's not really experiencing hunger at all throughout the day, then this could be a sign that there's maybe something else at play, a bigger issue. It could be a sign that there's maybe some hormone issues happening. So, you know, hunger is an important physiological sensation as it's a sign your body is burning calories efficiently. So, yeah, if, if you're someone that never really feels hungry, then this would be something we would recommend speaking to a dietitian and investigating a little bit further. Yeah, and if you find that you're just never hungry at breakfast, like if you never wake up hungry, maybe consider what time you're eating in the evening um, because sometimes people have dinner really late and that means that they then don't have a long enough period in between breakfast and dinner and therefore they don't wake up hungry. And look, I sometimes find that I eat late at night. Um, it just gets away from me. And when I do eat later at night, I'm definitely not hungry until maybe mid-morning. Uh, and it's, it's also interesting to, to discuss what hunger means at breakfast because a lot of people are really hungry where I, I myself, I'm not necessarily hungry, but I can feel effects in my body. Like I will get a bit of stomach like grumbling or cramping happening and I won't really be able to focus. And that's sign, a sign that my body needs food, even though I'm not necessarily like, oh, I'm starving. Yeah. So it's probably important for everyone to kind of try and tune in a little bit to what what signs their body might be giving them that would indicate it's probably a good idea to eat something. Now, another reason you might not eat breakfast is if you are following an intermittent fasting diet, which is obviously becoming more and more popular these days. And what we just want to say here is that if your goal is to lose weight and fasting is helping you achieve that, then continue to do so as you see fit. If, on the other hand, you've been fasting until lunchtime for several months or weeks or whatever it is, and your weight just isn't changing, then it might be time to reintroduce a morning meal. Maybe skipping breakfast isn't working for you. Yeah. So I think it's about assessing that because sometimes you can end up being on you know, a diet for a long time and you're not even seeing any benefits. So but I, I also have a lot of clients who are on intermittent fasting diets and they choose to skip breakfast because that's what, work, what works for them. And it works really well. They're not hungry. They're not irritable. They have lunch sort of a little bit earlier than they might otherwise. Um, so it, it can be a perfectly healthy way to live your lifestyle as well. 
Yeah. And there might also be other medical reasons that people don't eat breakfast. We're not going to go into these in this podcast, but of course, listen to your doctor or your um, health professional's advice here. Yeah. And one thing we just want to say is that if you do skip breakfast, or if you choose not to have breakfast, you really may need to make sure you make up for the nutrients that you would otherwise get at breakfast at other times in the day. So specifically before we spoke about calcium and we spoke about fiber, um, probiotics would probably be another one because we get that in, in yogurt. So you really want to make sure you're getting those nutrients at other times in the day. So maybe having yogurt as a snack, for example, to make sure that you're still getting in those really important nutrients. Definitely. And so while it might be okay for some people to skip breakfast, as we've mentioned, I guess what we want to make really clear is that there are some groups where we would not recommend skipping breakfast. So firstly, with kids, we definitely wouldn't recommend that kids skip breakfast. It's so important to set them up for the day and help them to meet their nutrient requirements. And also we wouldn't recommend that women who are pregnant or breastfeeding are skipping breakfast. Okay, so we are just going to take a really quick break to mention our podcast sponsors. IGA know the importance of local better than anyone because if fresh is what you're looking for, it has to be local. It's why they source delicious fresh produce from local suppliers wherever they can and why every supermarket is independently owned by local families. You'll find that the shelves are stacked with everything a local community needs and that each store is unique and tailored to their local community's taste. So if you're looking for a supermarket where locals matter, hop into your local IGA today. Now, in terms of breakfast and timing, and we often get questions around what is the best time to eat breakfast if you are a breakfast eater. And look, there is no magical time where we should all eat breakfast. It all really comes back to when are you feeling hungry, um, you know, what works within your lifestyle. And there's certainly nothing wrong with waiting an hour or two after waking to eat. Yeah, and I personally find that the timing of when I eat breakfast is really, really depends. So sometimes I'll, as you mentioned earlier, I'll bounce out of bed and be having breakfast by 7 a.m. But then there's other days when I don't really feel hungry and I might not be eating till say, 9. So. Yeah, so whether you wake up at 5 and want to eat breakfast at 6 or you, you know, don't want to eat breakfast till 9, there's no right or wrong there. Just listen to your hunger and fullness signals and, and go with that a little bit. And so finally, I guess we should probably talk about what should we actually be having for breakfast? If we're going to eat breakfast, how do we kind of make sure we're building a healthy option? And I guess firstly, we would encourage you to make sure you're getting a source of whole grains in there. So we're going to bring back our favorite (laughs) fiber. Getting whole grains is going to help you get a source of fiber. And it's also going to provide you with slow releasing energy throughout the morning, which is important to keep your blood sugar levels stable. And it's also going to prevent any dips in your mood. And and, make you a much more pleasant person to work with. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Um, And then also we want to make sure we're getting some protein in our breakfast. So remember that protein helps to keep us feeling nice and full. And with breakfast, I guess typical protein options might be things like some dairy, so maybe some yogurt or milk, eggs, nuts and seeds, or even a nut butter. And we do find with breakfast, protein is usually the nutrient that is lacking. So I think when it comes to lunch and dinner, people are better at getting protein in, but people tend to struggle getting enough protein in at breakfast time. So it's really important to sort of focus on protein because Alex said that is what is going to keep you feeling full. And if you're someone that has breakfast and you're hungry an hour later, it's probably because you're not getting enough protein. Yeah. So a good example of that would be if you're someone that say you have Vegemite toast for breakfast, whilst that's not an unhealthy option, 
you can see it doesn't contain a source of protein. So by having that, you're probably going to feel quite hungry an hour or two later. So maybe you could add some eggs to that or some cheese. We're not bagging Vegemite on toast oh, no. here. It's a great option, but just maybe have it with a tub of yogurt. Or if you're yeah. Alex, she likes to add boiled egg to her Vegemite yes. on toast. Who add else it. likes eggs with Vegemite? So good. In fact, sorry, what about when Alex goes out for breakfast, she'll get eggs and say spinach and tomato and stuff on toast. And she then orders as little side dish of Vegemite. Yeah, Anna's making me out to sound like an absolute weirdo, but I have a friend that will always ask and will share the Vegemite. So I know there's... I kind of get it. It's like the saltiness, essentially. I don't add salt to my eggs, but I will add Vegemite. (laughs) Um, And then as a bonus, if you can include some veggies or some fruit in your breakfast, especially veggies, because we know most of us aren't getting enough. So maybe adding a handful of spinach in your smoothie, or if you're having more of a savory breakfast, can you have some eggs on... um, eggs I've got eggs on my mind can you add some veggies to that (laughs) yeah perfect so how about we finish off by sharing some really good breakfast options for those of you who are looking for some ideas maybe grab a pen and paper or maybe just your iPhone notes these days who has a pen and paper but if you do have a pen and paper you could stick it up in the fridge that's always (laughs) well that's true um so uh, yeah we've spoken a bit but smoothies are a really good breakfast option whenever we're creating meal plans for our clients smoothies will feature there and that's because they're super convenient convenient. Um, they taste really good and you can really make them perfectly balanced in terms of those macronutrients that Alex spoke about before. So making sure there's enough protein, some fiber, some fruit or veg and healthy, healthy fats in there. And I guess most people probably wouldn't think to be adding a source of whole grains, but you can easily add like oats or even wheat bix to a smoothie. Like if you think about an up and go, it's got wheat bix in there. So there's no reason why you can't pop that in the blender and it's going to help again, give you fiber, keep you fuller for longer and keep your blood sugar levels stable. And you could consider adding adding something like a protein powder. I do that because I find it just gives me that little bit more protein that fills me up. Not essential. And we will be doing an entire episode on protein powders and things. So we can speak more about that then. Um, also porridge um, is another really popular one, particularly during the cooler months. And, and of course, just considering, okay, can you add some milk or yogurt to the porridge? Maybe Maybe some fruit, probably not going to add any veggies. Um, birch and muesli is another favorite of ours, a really good one to meal prep and really, really nutritionally balanced. We love ourselves some eggs on toast. Yeah, and obviously I think it can be kind of hard to have eggs during the week, but if you love eggs, then there's no reason why you couldn't boil up some eggs, say, on a Sunday and keep them in the fridge that then you can add to your toast. Yeah, absolutely. Um Obvious, like the, uh, of course, the humble cereal and milk, or maybe with a bit of yogurt and fruit, is another really good breakfast option. Even though there are a lot of unhealthy cereals out there, I feel that sometimes gives cereal these really bad rap, but there are lots of healthy cereal options. You just want to make sure they have no added sugars and that they're made mostly of whole grains. It's a simple, effective breakfast to have. Egg muffins or a frittata is another good option. Again, you can meal prep that, have it to go. Protein pancakes, and not that these aren't the traditional pancakes that, you know, you might have had when you were a child. Um, pro, uh, the protein pancakes we're talking about have no added sugar, high protein. We've got a really good recipe in our cookbook. Um, and another really good one would just be like toast with peanut butter. And everyone is always really surprised when they hear that, like, what, I can have peanut butter? Yes, like peanut butter it can be high in protein. And as long as you don't have, get one that has added salt or sugar, it's perfectly healthy. And I guess we just want to say here in terms of good breakfast options, you really want to be making them yourself at home. If you're getting any of the options that we just said at cafes, like 
smoothies or even, you know, things like birch and muesli, muffins, they're not necessarily going to be the healthiest healthiest option. That doesn't mean you need to avoid them completely, but just where possible, if you can cook it yourself, you have way more control over what's going in. Awesome. All right. Well, to wrap things up, I guess the answer to whether or not you should be eating breakfast clearly isn't so simple after all, as we've discussed in today's podcast. Um, So whether you're someone that eats breakfast religiously or maybe you're a breakfast skipper, I guess keep in mind that both sides may have some merit and the answer is probably not as simple as you've been led to believe. Overall, we find that most people benefit from eating breakfast. However, we're not saying that everyone should eat breakfast. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Biting Truth podcast by hosts Anna and Alex. If you enjoyed this episode, we would really love your support um, by simply following our podcast or leaving us a rating or review. We would really, really appreciate it, guys. It makes a huge difference. So that's all. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.